And we're back once again. Time to talk a little college basketball, the offseason upon us, but still lots to get into. Scott Phillips from NBCSports.com. He joins us on the program today. Scott, what's going on? Not too much. Uh, obviously, a lot of news breaking this week off the floor with some things happening with the FBI investigation in Michigan State. So the news keeps on happening despite the basketball slowing down. So well, let's start with uh, the news from just the other day. FBI probe, a couple of new programs, uh, more programs mentioned in the latest, including Kansas. And uh, that's where really we're going to have most of our focus today. NC State, okay, Dennis Smith Jr., yeah, connect the dots there, but ACC basketball isn't real important. Jayhawk basketball, though, in this market is as uh, Iowa State battles to somehow find a way to knock them off. What does this latest mean? Uh, no coaches involved in this one. Is is in Kansas in better shape than some of these other programs that have been mentioned? Well, I think Kansas is in trouble because they have a player who was on their current roster this year, and Sylvia DeSosa, who might have been involved and. In that certainly puts their Big Twelve title streak in jeopardy. Now, obviously, they won the hardwood on, or they won the title on the floor. We all know and saw what happened, and DeSosa really didn't play a huge factor specifically in that regular season title. But if the NCAA finds that he was ineligible, that he took impermissible benefits, or that someone around him did, then that could really jeopardize Kansas's Final Four appearance and their uh, Big Twelve tournament. Or, I'm sorry, Big Twelve title streak. 14 in a row for them, and we'll see what's going to be handed down. I did find it interesting that uh, Kansas, in their release, called themselves victims. That seemed like a little much to me, Scott. Yeah, well, the FBI is kind of siding with them in that, kind of uh, saying that these universities have been victimized, and that's shameful on the FBI's part because they're upholding the NCAA's bylaws and standards for amateurism that the NCAA made up on their own, and the FBI doesn't have to play by the NCAA's rules if they don't have to. They're just choosing to do so, and that's a troubling thing for this investigation that universities are coming out and playing victim here. So uh, we're going to have, I'm sure, more that will still come of this, though the latest uh, probe handed down, 36 pages on the, uh, on, the depart- on the documents that were released the other day. How much deeper is this going to go? Is this, is this it? Are we going to see another layer to this with Nike being involved? What do you think is next up? It's really hard to speculate, but I think that the thing we have to know and look at is that Andy Miller, the agent, has been involved via Christian Dawkins, and there were a lot of names released in that report a few months back tied directly to programs that haven't been recently named. And although there were some additional charges handed down to Adidas executives and MP State and Kansas were involved here, I think the real thing to watch is if anything further comes of those Andy Miller names and if there's anything that we can prove that in terms of impermissible benefits to some of these players and their families because that was really a who's who of basketball and that list dating back to the last 10 years and if anything's being able to prove off of that then i think that's a starting point are we talking about this happening every year to you know guys top 15 top 20 players in the country are we are we looking at a deeper swath than even that how deep does this go in your mind it goes deep. I think that people need to understand that players at all levels of basketball, high major down to low major, receive some form of compensation from some schools, whether it's on an unofficial visit getting some, you know, money, some handout money, some cash to take around campus, or, you know, these lavish five, six figure payments that we've seen in FBI reports. 
guys need money when they're coming out of high school. You you experienced it. I experienced it. When you're coming out of high school, you need to have a job and you need to be able to make money on your own. And that's a tough thing to do when you're asked to play basketball all the time and not really have time to have a side job and things like that. So a lot of these kids want money. And that's something that unfortunately is being handed down because of the black market being put in place by the NCAA with scholarships. And you know, again, I don't think it's as bad as some people make it out to be. I don't think that there's a lot of programs that are cheating, but the select few that are have been doing it uh, egregiously for quite some time and have been really good at getting away with it. So I uh, want to jump into the Big Ten here a little bit in a off season that feels like it could be pretty big for the Big Ten. Needs some positive vibes, even though Michigan made the run to the Final Four, just four teams in the NCAA tournament. And I want to start with uh, a guy that I'm sure you know pretty well with your high school work that you do in the Chicagoland area, Evan Boudreau. Iowa recruited him, I know, very heavily for a period. He ended up uh, signing on to go out to the Ivy League in Dartmouth, but he's making his way back to Big Ten territory, going to Purdue. What can you tell us about big six foot eight Evan Boudreau? It's a huge guess for Purdue because this is a guy who could come in and be an immediate impact, not only for one, but two seasons. He's the rare graduate transfer who's going to be able to stick around for a little bit because he only played for two years at Dartmouth. So with Boudreaux, he was incredibly productive at Dartmouth despite being the go-to guy and really their only prominent player. So he's already faced double and triple teams and defenses geared around stopping him. And being able to just be a key guy in a, a, a Purdue team that should have weapons around him, he should be able to remain productive and be a key piece. He's going to help replace Vince Edwards right away. Let's jump over to Northwestern after two years ago making it to the tournament for the first time. 2018, I think you have to consider incredibly disappointing. Suddenly, though, Ryan Taylor, they get a commitment from, grad transfer from Evansville, kid that put up some huge numbers a year ago in the MVC, a 6'5 guard, average over 21 a game. What is Northwestern getting in Ryan Taylor? They're getting a really good scorer who should help offset the loss of Scotty Lindsay, and that was one of the things that Northwestern needed was another reliable perimeter scorer to help guys like Vic Law and Derek Pardon. But really the big question with Northwestern remains the point guard picture and how you replace Bryant McIntosh, who was a four-year guy in such a vital part of that turnaround at Northwestern. So you know, there's some options in play there with guys like Isaiah Brown, but uh, again, I think that Northwestern adding these pieces is nice, but they still have to address what their point guard situation is going to be in order for them to get back in the top 25 picture. Let's jump to uh, the team that won the regular season crown in the Big Ten last year, Michigan State. And though they lose a lot on the court with Miles Bridges and company moving on, there's that cloud that continues to hang over and latest another lawsuit being handed down from a uh, student about an alleged rape. A lot going on there, and uh, I don't know, it just it has this eerie feeling that maybe we're seeing the end of days for Tom Izzo in East Lansing. I don't know. Where do you sit right now with the Spartans? Yeah, it's a really surreal situation, what's going on in Michigan State, and certainly terrible what's happened to all the people that have been victimized. There's part of the ongoing investigations that have gone on through a number of different sports on campus in East Lansing, but... With basketball, now that there's been multiple alleged incidents through multiple years of time, I think it's a troubling pattern of behavior that's happened under Tom Izzo and one that he hasn't really accounted for and really talked about publicly yet. He's dismissed the questions when he's been asked at the end of the season. He cried during senior night and was particularly emotional with his team down the stretch. So you have to wonder if he just ends up resigning or kind of leaving before all this gets to be too much because it seems to be mounting very quickly for Michigan State and for Tom Izzo. 
So kind of that, that next tier, the middle tier teams that had good seasons, at least for their standards, Penn State, Nebraska. Problem? Guys leaving and signing with agents. Tony Carr has already done that. Nebraska, they have a couple of guys that are testing the water at this point in time. When you look at both of those teams, surprises, I think, this season, just short of being NCAA tournament teams. But is it back to what we expect out of those two programs, back to the rebuild? I think Penn State was where I about expected, but a little bit early. I thought they would have been a really uh, good NCAA tournament team this next season if Tony Carr had returned. They kind of pushed the timeline a little bit, and that might have led to Carr leaving early. But I still think there's a ton of young talent in place for this team to really be a threat in the Big Ten. The league looks to be down once again this year. And remember, Carr's class that came in around him, three or four other sophomores, were really growing and fitting in with their pieces as well. So if someone takes the reins of a takeover spot, I think that team should be fine. But Nebraska concerns me a little bit. They, uh, you know, a little bit of smoke and mirrors with their record this year. They didn't really play anyone in non-conference and beat any NCAA tournament caliber teams. So I'm a little more concerned with some of their losses. I think that they need to prove themselves next season more so than Penn State does. I think Penn State still has some room to grow with a lot of their players returning. Want to get your thoughts on Indiana going into year number two of Archie Miller there after taking the job a season ago. They go just over 500 this year, 500 in the league. Hoosiers, they they got a bunch of talent coming in. How far are they away from maybe not winning a regular season crown, but getting back into the NCAA tournament conversation? It really wouldn't surprise me if it came as soon as next season because Archie Miller has done a lot with less before. He's made NCAA tournament appearances at Dayton with you know six or eight scholarship guys before, and now that he's able to bring in some guys that he's been able to recruit and knows what fits his system, I think he's got a potentially dangerous team that nobody's really talking about, and a lot of it's going to be keyed on whether they get Romeo Langford here late. If they get the five-star in-state guy to stay home, then that gives them a potential star to build around next season, and I still think they're a really dangerous bunch, though. Again, Miller knows what he's doing when he has some guys that know his system, and this is a team, again, with the Big Ten being down that I would keep an eye on this season. Chris Holtman did a great job. Kata Bates-Diop is uh, testing the waters at this point. It appears that he's probably going to be moving on. But the Buckeyes, a big surprise this year being an NCAA tournament team. What's up next for Coach Holtman and company? I think it's promising that they now have a lot of open scholarships to work with. They're way ahead of schedule with where they should have been. Nobody expected Chris Holtman and Ohio State to compete for an NCAA tournament that would be a part of the Big Ten's leaders this year. So for those guys to show that kind of growth in year one is now really picked up on the recruiting trail. They've landed a couple key transfers with guys like C.J. Walker from Florida State. They just picked up a really good five-star commitment from the in-state ranks of the junior and Alonzo Gaffney. So this is really starting to roll very quickly for Ohio State, and they're in the mix for a couple grad transfers who could make them good for next season as well. All right, let's jump over to the Big 12. Kansas, a lot of people have preseason number one going into next year, but it looks to be a chance at another really good season from the Big 12. West Virginia's got a couple of guys that are going through that NBA process right now. Ahmad is doing that, along with Keontae, the uh, the double-hand shot blocker. But who do you like, uh, Kansas State? They got some guys, again, in the mix here. I guess a lot to be determined in the Big 12 and, and how things shake up, I guess, with who all comes back, right? Yeah, definitely. You think you have to look at Kansas State as being in the mix because with what they did finishing in the top four last year and making this Elite Eight run, a lot of those guys returning and Dean Wade hopefully being healthy, I think that they would be right there in the mix for the Big 12 title next year. That's really a lot of team with not a lot of star power and 
You're not going to see a lot of guys on magazine covers are making headlines, but Bruce Weber knows what he's doing, and he's won some basketball games before, so I wouldn't count that team out by any means. And Yeah, the Big 12 is really intriguing next year because we lose a lot of key pieces. West Virginia loses their core identity with that press Virginia with senior guards leaving like Javon Carter. So really we haven't seen uh, who's going to take over that role for Carter yet. There's some front court pieces still in the draft, as you mentioned. And yeah, I think Kansas is still the heavy favorite here, but some interesting teams in the second tier. And uh, finally, the MVC Loyola made a great run last year. And of course, all the way to the final four, they bring back what is it? Five of their top eight coming back next year. They should be good. But I think the MVC as a whole going to be really improved, and I'm already saying it here in April. I think there's a chance we're going to get multiple teams next year from the MVC. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong, because you look at some of these teams with guys returning. Illinois State has an NBA-caliber player, Malik Yarbrough, coming back, and there's a lot of seniors and upper-class guys around him. And, you know, there's groups like Northern Iowa and Southern Illinois and Loyola, certainly, with what they did this year, that you can't count out. And I think the Valley has been slept on a little bit these past couple of years. They've lost some great programs like Creighton and Wichita State, but there's a lot of proud programs who have made NCAA tournament runs besides those groups who are looking to fill that hole and to make sure that this is still a multi-conference league. Good. Or multi-bid league, excuse me. <laughs> Scott, uh, I know we got basketball coming up with the NBA playoffs around the corner. Bulls, uh, well, they got a long offseason in front of them. Hey, what are you hearing about Hoiberg, by the way, over there? It's fine for now. I think a lot of people really were surprised by the job he did with this young team this season. Uh, not a lot of expectations, clearly, with the team being in tank mode, but there were some guys like Lowry Markinen and David Nwaba and Chris Dunn that developed really nicely this year under Hoiberg. His offense got a lot of uh, credibility because of the way that they were able to spread the floor and hit three-pointers now that he had his own guys in place. And really, it was a disaster when Jimmy Butler was playing for the Bulls. He didn't want to play a part of Foyberg's space and pace. And now that he was gone and he had his own guys in there, they were able to play that up-tempo offense a little bit more that Foyberg is known for. Good stuff. Hey, thanks, Scott, so much for your time. We'll do it again soon. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Scott Phillips, NBCSports.com. Give him a follow on Twitter. You can find him at Phillips Hoops. All right, we got Wolfgang coming up on the other side. Lots to get into with him. An interesting week of Hawkeye basketball. We'll get Wolfgang's thoughts on that as we take you up until 6 o'clock. Then Jimmy B, hopefully going to be back from wherever he had to run. He said he, he had to get out. Of, you know, Jim works two hours a day, and yet here we are, uh, Jimmy B. He'll be back at the end of the hour, he says. We'll get ready for the sports weekend as we take you up until 6 o'clock here. It's Jimmy B and TC. All right, welcome back. It's Jimmy B and TC. Trek on and running solo here for a couple of segments. We'll get Brinson back into the fold, finish up the hour, and uh, take you up until 6 o'clock tonight. Wolfgang joining us right now from HawkeyeNation.com. You can find him on Twitter at WolfgangHawkeye. Wolfie, a, uh, an interesting week in the world of Iowa basketball. And, well, i, I got to walk you through this. So, First of all, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. And I told you I've got some serious football I want to talk about. I woke up, crunched some serious numbers, and you mentioned some stuff. And I'm like, I think I know. Maybe I don't. Let's hear it, Trent. So the fine reporters over at the Des Moines Register, Mark Emmert and Chad Leistikow on the Hawkeye Beat, they make their way over to Iowa City for the basketball media uh, basketball awards banquet. And afterwards, they asked to talk to a couple of players, Tyler Cook being one of them. Tyler Cook uh, declines an interview request. All right, well, I think we, we can connect some dots there. It seems pretty... Okay, what dots are we connecting? What I'm connecting is that 
That seems awkward and weird to me. If he just wants to go to the NBA, that's fine. Who's going to hold that against him? Why can't he just say that? Well, I think he's still waiting. What, you, what, but, what dots are you connecting? Unless there's like some animosity there between he and Fran. But I think I saw quotes where there wasn't, right? Well, and, and, and we'll get to those quotes. Okay, here we go. Sorry, I'll let you go. Sorry about that. But, but. but what, when that first happens, you're like, okay, well, he doesn't want to talk to the local media. He's, he, he's getting ready to move on, right? I mean, I think that's a, a fair... A fair place to go. That's no, I don't. I disagree. Okay. If I, if you were just a stud football or a basketball player, and you wanted to go make millions of dollars, and that's my dream, why wouldn't you talk to the media? What's wrong with that? Why would anybody? Why would you not go? This is my dream. I love Iowa. I'm going to come back here if it doesn't work out. But man, I want to get drafted high and make some money and go play in the NBA. To me, there's something weird. But again, you're going to tell me some stuff. I think I'm right here. There must be something awkward or weird here. Well, and, and, and that, that is the weird part because, yeah, you just go and you, you talk to him and say, this is my dream, and uh, do you plan on coming back? I'm not sure about that yet. I mean, it, it would be a pretty easy, but he declined the interview request. Uh, then, that's odd, Trent. It's odd. It's odd. Isaiah Moss uh, talked with Leistikow, I believe it was, and basically said, yeah, he plans on coming back. He just wants to go through this process. Good sign there. Uh, I, I think everybody knows that he is a long ways from the NBA, and it looks like he understands that as well. And then Cordell Pemsel is talking about got to do what's best for him, possibility of still transferring. So the, these articles, they're in the register. They're online. You can find them, dmregister.com. And uh, you can find those articles from Tuesday night. Then the next night, 24 hours later, HawkeyeSports.com comes out. The university-owned website, HawkeyeSports.com, okay. with two articles on the basketball page from Matt Weitzel, the sports information director over there, with Cordell Pemsel, and with Tyler Cook. So uh, a day after Tyler Cook says that he doesn't want to talk to the media, well, he'll talk to the university-owned and they can massage the interview in, in whatever way maybe looks best for them. Now, the Cook thing says kind of the things that we talked about. Talking about, first of all, the power forward said that the rumors of him already having one foot out the door for the NBA are simply not true. Cook said, quote, when I committed here, I made a commitment. I'm sticking by that commitment. Well, I mean, not exactly, but okay. Okay. He's going through drills. He's getting ready. Talked about maybe having a, a, a camp so in Iowa City. What do you mean not exactly? What do you well, mean? What's wrong with that? He's, is, is, he, is he actually 100% committed? No, he's not, because he's waffling. Oh, he's either going oh, to the NBA or yeah. he's, he's coming oh, back to Iowa. stop that, Trent. Stop <laughs> that. If, if you were in you and I back in the day and somebody offered you $2 million to do a radio show as a sophomore, what would you do? Well, no, of course. Of course. But I wouldn't say I'm, I'm 100% committed to you and I. All right. I think we're, we're playing on words here a little bit. I think you're being a little hard here. No offense. Uh, but, okay. All right. right. Regardless, regardless. But that's all well and good. Tyler Cook, we'll see. I don't believe he'll be back in a Hawkeye uniform, but you can read that and, and connect your own dots as you will over there. The one that was quite baffling to me is the second article that comes out with Cordell Pemsel. A day after saying he's thinking about transferring, he's got to do what's best for him. The headline reads, Pemsel 100% invested in Iowa basketball. <laughs> no, I didn't see that, or I would have laughed out loud. Yeah. The previous article, which I saw. No, that's funny. Okay, yeah. that is literally funny. Okay. 
that's that's quite the leap, okay? Are are are, are well, you? Do people understand the article that happened before this quote in the Iowa? I mean, do people understand the quote that some of the quotes that he was saying? I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, they just heard you say it. And so this seems a little odd, a little weird. Is he looking for PT? Is he looking for love from the coaching staff? Is he looking for future PT? I don't know, man. Here's what Coral Pencil said to the register. Here we go. I don't know. I wanted to be a Hawkeye since I was a little kid. Last year obviously didn't go as anybody planned. I'm going to keep working this spring and finish up academically and do what's best for me. The choice is up to me. I want to do what's best for my career on and off the floor, whatever makes me happy. I don't know. What, what is your conspiracy theory here? What are you, what are you saying? It's no conspiracy theory. I, I don't think there is something... I'm not going that far. But what, yeah, what gr- you... grandiose going on here. It just struck me as incredibly odd that, that Iowa basketball, the University of Iowa, is now responding to articles in the newspaper. This is something that never would have happened before. You wouldn't see this. Somebody writes an article ripping whatever it is, and then a response coming the other way. You wouldn't see things like that happen from Iowa. Yet here we are. That, that's the oddity to me. That, that's what leads me scratching my head is you have quotes, then the next day the university-run website comes out basically completely contradicting what the guys had said the day before. I mean, it feels like you know state well, state run television or radio or whatever it is you know in a communist country. Well, well we're we're going to give you the story. The response is what just it left me feeling uh, scratching my head. So wrap your mind around this if you can, Wolfgang. Help me out here because I'm struggling with this. All right, I'm trying to think about this thing with pencil that you're bringing up with his initial quotes. Let's say he wasn't taken out of context. Let's say you know he meant what he said. He said what he meant. Let's Let's just assume that, and I'm trying to think what ended up happening. Mm-hmm. Basically, if I remember correctly, was bringing up all the guys that would get be getting PT, right? Playing time. Do I remember that correctly? And he was bringing up, well, we're pretty deep in the you know in the front court, and these guys and that guys, and they're just you know, will Cook come back? You know, but and then Rob Howe, I believe, tweeted back at something that Rob or at uh, John Miller, like, well, Cook and and Pemsel are friends. Yeah, yeah. So. So I was, you know, I was kind of with John there for a second. I don't, I can't read into what he was saying, so I won't even say that. But kind of thinking maybe, well, Cook leaves, and that opens up a spot for Pemsel. That would make him more likely. And then Rob Howe tweeted something back after what what John had said, saying, "Well, they're friends." Well, I'm like, well, now I don't know what the heck to believe. You know what I mean? So I, I think Pemsel wants PT. I think he wants to play, and I don't feel like the coaching staff knew how serious he was until they saw that quote. And some of those quotes previous to the, you know, what, what uh, the University of Iowa's website, uh, sure. HawkeyeSports.com, mm-hmm. ended up uh, writing. But it's very interesting. Do you buy that? Maybe they didn't know how down. I mean, that's possible. There's sure. communication problems in every relationship. Why would that not happen with 15 players and a coach? I mean, it happens all the time in life. So I get that. Maybe they didn't realize how, you know, maybe he's not feeling valued. Maybe, you know, the previous year he averaged what and averaged what rebounds. Really good. Well, it dropped off this year after losing weight, doing what he did in the weight room. Didn't start a game this year, I believe. How many did he start the previous year, Trent? Quite a few. 14, I think it was. 14 sounds right. Yeah, I I can't give you an exact number. 
but it was something like that. So I'm trying to put myself in Pemsel's head, and I wanted to talk college football, but now I don't give a damn. Let's do it Monday, and we can just <laughs> do the whole show on that, because i got tons on that. Okay. But the Pemsel thing, I'm, I'm like sweating right now. i got a puddle down by my... Yeah, it's like trying to think and get in people's minds and, and figure out what they think. I really enjoy doing that. And as you get older, you don't really do this as a young person, Trent. Well, maybe you do. I mean, maybe the mature people do. Uh, maybe it just took me longer to get mature. But you put yourself in other people's shoes to try to figure out what they're thinking. So I watch things with people I know, friends, you know, whoever else, and, I, and we watch something, whether it's politics or sports, you know, or a, or a uh, interview from a big-time athlete or somebody that did wrong or something, and they will just buy in to whatever the sports radio host is saying or the CNN, Fox News, MSNBC is saying, they'll just buy into every. I'm totally opposite. I go, okay, that's a good point. And I try to go, okay, what's the other side? Okay, who are the suckers here? Maybe I'm not being suckered, but I try to think, like, what's the opposite side of this? Why did this person do that? Why um, is this out of context? Try to at least come up with a reasonable thing without going crazy because you sound stupid three days later when you find out, well, that wasn't the question that was asked, and, well, this person, you know, hit his homeboy, and so that's why the guy got mad. Or You just try to figure out what that dude is thinking at the time. And I'm trying to think right now what Pemsel is thinking. He's looking at a lot of front court talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I is mean, it, it that simple that he's just looking at some guys that, wow, they're talented? I, mean, I, I seem to be meaning less to this team rather than more to this team the longer I stay here. The, the way I look at it is pretty simple. Tyler Cook comes back, Coral Pemsel is going to transfer. Tyler Cook goes on and plays professionally, Coral Pemsel will be back in a Hawkeye uniform. I, I think that is the simplest way to break it down with the initial comments that he made. I like Coral Pemsel. I like him as a person. The times that I've interviewed him, he's one of my favorite people on that Hawkeye team to talk with. Yeah, I really enjoyed interviewing him. He's just, he's a smart guy. He understands. And hey, he took a step back this year. He had the injury during the offseason, lost a lot of weight, didn't expand his game. And I think the injury had something to do with that. But if he can develop a, a 13, 15 foot sh- a jumper, go along with what he has, figure out a little bit more than just going with that left hand when he gets up there in the rim. His athleticism certainly improved here, but but adding some strength to his frame, I think Cordell Pemsel can be an important cog going forward. I I really do. I like his game. Not everybody's going to be a star, but you need role players like him. And for me, Cordell Pemsel is a guy that is going to be, if he sticks around, an important piece if I was going to get back to the tournament in the next couple of years. No, and I agree. And before I had, you'll have to ask, do you get Rob Howe on this week or next week at all? Yeah, uh, actually had him on on Wednesday. Okay, you'll have to ask him about that tweet. I, I swear, and I can't, and I don't want to like put him in context or anything like that or take him out of context or anything like that. Just, it was something, I know for a fact he said Cordell and Tyler Cook are friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that made me go, like, I totally agree with your opinion. Totally agree. And then I went, is he giving us a little secret hint there that, it, it, so I didn't, then I went kind of, I was like, huh. Oh. You know, I don't. So maybe he was just trying to say it's not that Tyler Cook or that Cordell Pemsel hates Tyler Cook. There's no like personality problems or not there that they're not friends or anything like that. It's just that Tyler Cook's going to be playing thirty, you know, minutes. Yep. And that takes thirty minutes away from me potentially. So I get that. I'm not one of those dudes, one of those old farts or idiots that I can't. 
understand that go, oh, the guy transferred. He's not a team player. Do you want to sit on the bench for five years and never play? I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't. That's not my kind of thing. I get what people say about that. I understand. But I don't want to sit. So if you were a stud high school athlete, Trent, let's just throw this out there. I'm going to ask you. If you were, let's say you are a top 200 player, mm-hmm. would you go to Duke? A top 200 player? No. Why? Because I'm not going to play there. So you get what I'm saying. Yeah. You and I seem like we're alike because I don't understand why it's selfish that a kid wants to play. I mean, at least play. I'm not saying the kid has to be the star or score the most points, rebounds, assists. He just wants to play a little bit. Yeah, and you go from I mean, starting you want to go to Duke one and be year? the 198th player? Yeah. Go to Duke and be the 198th player and sit on the bench the whole time and wave your pom-pom. Great, congrats. Some Good guys are you. built that way. Yeah, some guys are built like that. Others, I'm not. Others I'm aren't. not that way. Or maybe, you know, if, if that was the case, I'd go, yeah, I'm going to go get that Duke education, uh, let me redshirt one of the years, and there'll be a grad transfer, and I'll go play my senior year somewhere. That, that's now, I, If I was the thousandth best player in the world, and Duke said, come over here. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you do that going in. And, and that's the other thing. Kids, for the most part, feel like they're better than that. And, and I'm sure there's some kids that, yeah. so say is ranked 200th in the country, but for whatever reason, Duke sees something and they offer. Well, if, if Duke's offering, I'm obviously a lot better. I'm going to go there and I'm going to show everybody that they missed on me. There, there's plenty of people that would be like that. But if you had a realistic interpretation of your ability, understood, yeah, that's probably the right range for your talents of what you are. You can go to Duke, but you're not going to play. It, it's different for every kid. It's different for every kid. And Coral Pemsel going from starting 14 games as a freshman to starting none his sophomore year, that's got to wear on you. Plus, they were terrible this year. That wears on you, too. So am I going to stick around here, not play nearly as much as I did when we were a lot more successful my freshman year, and continue watching us lose basketball games? That's not fun. No, and I get it. And a lot of people are, a lot of people are that way. I'm telling you, just cracking on him, going, eh, blah, 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 what a horrible guy. He's going to transfer because he's not. No, I don't no. really believe that. No. I mean, I just don't. That's just not how I, I just don't. He wants to play. Do you remember playing basketball and how fun that was and how great that was? You can't really recreate that in life. No, not at in all. In sports. I mean, there are awesome, like having a baby and having a kid and watching them. But it's really, when you're competing, these guys are competing at the highest level in college. I know nothing about that. Do you? I don't. Do you know NBA? I mean, I don't know anything about that. But being able to get out there and at least say, man, I gave my all, I did this. I, I hit that shot, I remember that, and I was giving my all. I'm not, I wouldn't like it if he was mad because he, you know, only played. There's got to be levels to this. Like, if he's pissed off because he only played certain minutes versus certain minutes. If he's playing, I feel like he should stay to a cer- certain extent, Trent. Mm-hmm. But I understand that he would leave. If you're not playing and they don't, if they don't value you as an asset to your program, then I totally understand why these guys want to transfer and all these guys, the Seth Greenbergs and the all, all these guys, just bash these guys when they want to transfer. And I heard you talking, was it yesterday with Jimmy B, about um, the transfer rules. And, mm-hmm. dude, you want to blow my mind? Blow my mind. I think you said something to the effect of, are you for? And I don't know. I don't, as a sports guy that comes on with you twice a week and... That would be so good for us if you were able to transfer every year. 
without having to sit out. Do you understand how good that would be for us? And having something to talk about every freaking day. <laughs> yeah. Are I, you kidding me with that? And I'm, I'm struggling with it because I want what's best for the student-athletes, but the other side is free agency in college athletics. There's a dirty tinge, certainly, to that. So I, I'm still on the fence, and, and I, I'm just going to wait and see more. Okay, what, it sounded like you were for it. I, I, I'm for it for the kids, but for the better men of college basketball, uh, that that's what I struggle with. So it's oh, it's a it dichotomy. So it's so crazy. Imagine that. So you can't like right now. Like, oh, uh, who's the kid at Iowa State that playing in the NBA that that Beheim came over and stole from McDermott? Wes- Wesley Johnson. Yeah. Yes. And so how does Wesley Johnson know Syracuse? I mean, there's obviously some back. So would yeah, you yeah, be able, yeah. Would coaches be able to go to other schools and recruit these kids? I don't so see why I not. Like, boy, yeah. I need a point guard. Let's go. Let's go look at uh, Drake, UNI, Iowa State. Let's go sure. look at uh, USC, USC. I mean, yep. where it would be crazy oh, as a sports yeah. dude. You got. I mean, can you imagine how much fun that would be? But it would be. It would. It would be crazy. It crazy, would. Trent. Wolfgang, we are out of time. We did not get to your college football numbers. We'll work on those I'll, next I'm week. Gonna, okay. I'm gonna call John Miller actually right now. I'm gonna do a podcast on it, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about. It. Sweet. I, I, I think you're going to love this. Seriously, I'm going to pump you up. Looking forward to it. That is Wolfgang. You can find him on Twitter at Wolfgang Hawkeye. And uh, ch- take a look out there for the Hawkeye Nation podcast. Always doing a great job there with John Miller and company. Thanks for your time today, Wolfgang. Thanks, brother. You. So there's Wolfgang checking in with us. Always a good time talking with him. Coming up on the other side, we'll put a cap on things. I look forward to the sports weekend. What's on tap for me and Jimmy B. Brinson back on the fold. This portion of the program presented by Christopher's Fine Jewelry over on Merle Hay Road, Kitty Corner from the Merle Hay Mall, locally owned business, and they have a great special going on right now, the month of April. If you're thinking about it, planning to pop the big question, Christopher's Fine Jewelry can help you out. Stop on out there, see Christine and her great staff at Christopher's Fine Jewelry on Merle Hay Road. We're coming back on the other side, here with you until 6 o'clock tonight. Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. And welcome back, everybody. We continue here as we get ready to close out here for the weekend. Trent, this is a great weekend. I mean, the NBA playoffs begin, and there are terrific matchups, particularly in the West. The NHL matchups will be continuing in their playoffs. I I'm, I can't wait for this. This is going to be an, an awful lot of fun. And if you're a Major League Baseball fan, uh, all of those games are going on. But you know me, uh, once it's playoff time, I'm locked and loaded on the NHL and the NBA. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll try to get in a little bit of baseball, but, well, the, the Twins, at least until Sunday, are not looking very good that they're going to be playing uh, baseball up in the frozen tundra of Minnesota. So uh, that, that might take a little bit more. I, I'm excited, Jim. You know, last year, the first round of the playoffs in the NBA, it was terrible. It really it oh, was. Yeah, I it agree. Was awful. Yes, it was. It was yep. really bad. This year, I think there's compelling matchups. There's intriguing storylines. There's real opportunities and maybe seeing some upsets here. Uh, I was telling Ken earlier today. So, as you know, I, I like to battle just a little bit. I don't know if anybody's heard, but... Like once in a while. Once that's in a while. while. Or every night. But <laughs> and I, I'm a volume better. I, I put a lot out there. I, I have a lot of games. <laughs> so I'm going through my first run through the NBA in, the, in game one. As all the point spreads came out, Going through, and I put a little mark with what I like when I first look at it. Every single one of my marks went next to the underdog. All eight games, 
I like wow. getting the points in every single one of them. Now, I haven't made those bets yet. That is still to be determined, but that is something certainly that was not the case last year in the first round, even with the point spread factored in. There, there were just so many matchups that, that, didn't, that weren't compelling, that weren't good, and now you can make arguments for of the, of the eight series, Jimmy B, could you make an argument for five or six of them seeing an upset in the first round? Absolutely, yes, yeah, and and look, um, I I really truly believe that. I think New Orleans has the capability to upset Portland. Mm-hmm. I think Milwaukee has the capability to upset Boston. I think Utah and Oklahoma City might be the best matchup uh, at, with with the way that those teams uh, play, and most likely it'll be a long series. I don't give the T-Wolves much chance against Houston. But, yeah, I, I mean, there are there are possibilities here that will, you know, turn your head, that you're going to have to go, I can't believe that this team has got a 2-1 lead. Look, I, I might even consider San Antonio uh, with no Steph Curry. Uh, I know that would be the longest shot yeah. of the upsets that I talked about. But it's San but Antonio, still, even though this yeah, is a broken yes. San Antonio team. It's, yes. it's still the Spurs, you know? I, it's, yeah, yeah. I, I hope we do get a big run here. I, I I hope we get some good tight series and get us on. And and because it's felt inevitable going into the playoffs the last couple of years, Golden State-Cleveland, at least to me, you, you tried to sell me a couple of times how I was going to be different. I never believed it. This year, I, it's not wake me up in June. That's been my storyline the last couple of, of springs. Mm-hmm. Wake me up in June when we get to the finals. Yeah. That's not the case with this playoffs. I do have one that I really like. So 76ers have been incredible yes. here as of yes. late. And Embiid, when is he going to be back? That question still remains out there. Miami at 4-1 to one to win that series. That's what the series price is right now. Plus okay. 400 on the Heat. I think I'm going to take a little taste there. Of all the upsets, that's the one in terms of both price and opportunity that you have. This is still an incredibly young team, the Sixers. Plenty of veterans over there with Miami, and they, they just got a bunch of dudes. You know, they don't have a star. Dragic is their, their leading scorer, but they, he is, they, yeah. got, they got 9, 10, 11 guys. That they're incredibly deep on different ways that they can play. I'm intrigued by this Heat team, so that's one I'm just going to take a little taste on the series price mm-hmm. and grab the Heat plus 400. Uh, latest on Joel Embiid, he will not play in Game 1, still questionable for Game 2 for the mm-hmm. Sixers. There's a little inside information for you. Of course, everybody knows it because I saw it on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hockey, what, what are we going to see? Uh, the Capitals did uh, standard Capitals things last night. Are my Wild going to get a game tonight in Winnipeg? Uh, you know, they're good enough to do that. I mean, the Jets are not overwhelming, and Minnesota had the lead. Uh, late into the third period, and then bang, bang, the Jets end up uh, winning that game by a single goal at 3-2. to two. Um, I would think that they might be able to steal one. Could tonight be the night? Possibly. Mm-hmm. But Minnesota's good at home. But I, I don't know. Uh, that's, a, that's a real tough series for me to kind of wrap my arms around. And look, I know the Capitals uh, lost in, in OT. I'm still not writing off Washington here in the first round. Don't do that. Is this the, the first year you've look, ever watched te- the NHL playoffs, Jimmy B? 
No, come on. It's no, I've seen them. Trust me. I know that. I've seen them. I've seen what they do. I've I've seen them get beaten the second round. Yeah, I know. And I've seen them lose in the first round. I don't see that happening, though, this year. The team that looks scary to me, once again, Nashville Predators. Mm-hmm. Scary team. They were, uh, when I was watching last night, they were really good. They got down early to Colorado, came roaring back, and, and just dominated. Yep. Kind of took yep. them a little while. It was a late start in Nashville, an 8.30 uh, start locally there uh, for them, but they were able to bounce back, and you're right. They, they looked really good. I think we're going to have some compelling things. It would be nice to have the local involved in Minnesota. I just don't know if it's going to happen, and, and that's certainly music to Ken Miller's ears. He's excited oh, yeah. about his Winnipeg <laughs> Jets. Well, Jimmy B., you have a good, great weekend, okay? Thank you, pal. You do the same, and we will reconvene on Monday, everybody, right here, bright and early, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, on the Big Talker 1700.